Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello everybody, it's Wednesday, May 16th, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am in the house with Steve Say, Diablo, Bob Ryer, Hola, and for the second week in a row, we're missing Stephanie Cook, but we shall soldier on without her. Tonight we will be talking about what DC can do to catch up with their movies, but before we get into that, Steve... (laughs) Um, You've been talking about this day for quite a while. It's been a day you've been hotly anticipating. Yes. Diablo 3 is here. It's here. Tell us about your first day with Diablo. My first day with Diablo. I actually video recorded my first day. Oh, really? (laughs) I did. (laughs) Cool. I'll show you. Um, It's wonderful. (laughs) It's absolutely wonderful. I, I could not be any happier that the game is finally here. Um, people might be wondering why I'm, I'm taking it so far, why I might be going a little overboard with it. And I was trying to put this into an article for the site. I, maybe I still will, but, uh, just explain to people that, I mean, this has been something that's been promised and, and thought about for five, I mean, it's been 12 years 12 since years. the last game, wow. but it's been like 15 since it first dropped that mm. the question that you ask yourself is like, what could they do to make your favorite game better? Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about it for a very long time. Um, my best friend, Brendan, mm-hmm. we started like the foundation of our friendship with Diablo 2. I introduced it to him and, you know, he's like, he's my boy. So mm-hmm. this coming out was like a, a very manly anniversary <laughs> of sorts. And uh, the game is just so much fucking fun. It really is. Like what they... What they've done to it is they've kind of streamlined it. Like, there's a lot of things that aren't there anymore, but mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, were unnecessary. Okay. Like, having to worry about your skill points and, and where you're going to put it. Like, I used to sit there and haggle over where to put that last point or the last two points for 20 minutes to a half hour when I could have been out earning mm-hmm. more and, and stuff like that. So... It's cool that they've taken care of that for you. There's all new skills, all new enemies, all new lands. The graphics are all beefed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's 2012 Diablo, yeah, sure. so it's got to be new. But it's just, it's, they've had, they have some bugs to work out. Um, the servers were a nightmare. Yeah, servers were a nightmare. But I mean, it's to be expected to a point when something like this opens up. Um, yeah. With all the flooding and everything. and It's sort of interesting because they kind of took this chance, right, when, because Diablo is... Both a single player and an online game. You can play multiplayer as well. Um, but this is the first time they've had one of their single player games say you have to be signed in online to play it, even if you're playing a single player game. And, wow. 
it's just it's just so nobody it's to put cut down on pirating and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it caused a huge crash because Blizzard, who makes this game, makes World of Warcraft. And they make StarCraft. The three games they make are Diablo, StarCraft, World of Warcraft. That's that's a big triple header there. They're right? one of the biggest video and, company, video and companies in the world ever. People go crazy. When StarCraft 2 came out, it was, again, it was the same thing. It was like 12, 15 years since StarCraft 1 had come out. So, yeah, I got the game as well. And this has been my first kind of go around the last couple of years playing Blizzard games. I got StarCraft 2, even though I don't really play RTSs. I mm-hmm. played a little bit of World of Warcraft, even though I don't really like MMOs. And I got Diablo 3, even though I don't, I've never really gotten into any kind of um those kind of isometric over the head action rpgs you know that right. what which diablo is um but it's i've only played for a very little bit because i only i got played when i got home from work and i played for maybe like an hour just to give it a give it a shot and it's interesting because it's it, it's very much about um kind of the, the their their treadmill is more fun than a lot of other games treadmills which is basically what you're doing is clicking you're just clicking yeah that's all you're doing but they're very good at visual and oral stimuli for for rewards. Yeah. So when loot pops out of the people who you kill, it's all about collecting loot. Yeah. They it makes like this this very nice sound, and when you pick it up, it kind of makes this nice pop sound. And then when you, when you level up, the, it's the got chunk. this you know that chunk yeah the chunk yeah, sound chunk. yeah that's what I call it yeah and it's got this nice positive feedback when you level up and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's funny because. I don't really put RTSs, but I really like StarCraft 2. I love StarCraft 2. Yeah. And these aren't even my favorite games either, but playing a Blizzard game is different than playing, you know, the kind of, I guess, generic action RPGs. Yeah. I want to ask you, I never played Diablo 2. I never played Diablo 1. Um, is there anything you don't like about anything they've done to it? I don't like the fact that they got rid of the offline play. Okay, yeah. Um, I It's... It's a it's a big gripe mm-hmm. for me because um, case in point yesterday or last night or whatever, right. whatever this morning yeah when um, the servers were down people you know not to be a baby about it but I mean we'd waited long enough and for them to have taken away that portion of the game mm-hmm. for all that time that the servers were down you could still be exploring the game and, and making a game plan. You can have an offline and online character. Right. They took that away from you, and you yeah. always had that. And, you know, I mean, it's just me being cranky because I want to play the game. Mm-hmm. And I understand that they have to fix things and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. But at the same time, I pay you paid money yes. for a game. Yes. And if you can't play it mm-hmm. and you have to wait, Hours and hours, like I think about the people that had taken off of work mm-hmm. or people that stayed up, yeah, and they they all like they didn't know that it wasn't going live until three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So you missed a day of work, maybe you even you didn't even get paid, but you were willing to make that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And then the whole day it was down, yeah, and you missed out on work, you mm-hmm. you screwed yourself, yeah. What's well, a crummy business decision for them as a game company? They have to know there's going to be this demand after a decade and a half. Yeah. yeah. That you've got to beef up your servers. You have to have enough stuff happening that people can yeah, enter into this. There's so many factors with that, though, that, like, I I mean, I, I was a game tester. I wasn't really, I wouldn't say I was in the industry, but I talked to a lot of people that did all that kinds of stuff. And, I mean, there, there's a lot of things. Like, if, if one bit of the math is wrong, it can screw the whole game Mm -hmm. and things like that, unexpected things, things that like that align that you didn't get to test out because somebody else made that mathematical combination happen within the game that you couldn't. 
that anomaly screws up the whole thing and it causes it to crash. Yeah. Which then the people that are connected to that portion of that server, they go down with the ship. And when you have too many of those, you need to bring everybody down and get everybody back onto the same Start level again. and then okay. bring it up. Yeah. So... I mean, I'm sure they did stress testing, but what I hear from people who develop games is that there's no amount of stress testing you can right. do for this type of event. Because you think about it, like if I picked up this game having never played the other games and not really even being a PC gamer, I don't really play games on my computer, <laughs> um, and I picked it up, there's got to be another you know, couple million people, people who are the sure. same as me, and they maybe weren't expecting that couple million people, and it's just really right. tough. And especially at all at one time, that's the thing. It's not that, that many people playing, it's that at 3 a.m., yeah. All of a sudden, five million people wanted to play Diablo three. Right, you know, and it just there's only so much you can do as far as servers go. Um, I'm interested to keep playing it and, and seeing you know how I feel about it. It's cool because uh, everyone's voice acted, everything's voice acted, which is interesting, and yep. it does look good. It much like all their other games though, they have this funny thing where they don't really care about what other companies have done to bring forward whatever genre they were working in. They're gonna make the game they're gonna make regardless. So. There might be things that are in kind of modern RPGs that aren't in Diablo three, and right. they don't really care. And it's interesting. It's interesting how that the, how they go about things because StarCraft two is basically StarCraft one. Just it looks better, you know. That's uh, pretty much what Diablo three is yeah. compared to Diablo Lord of Destruction, mm. with the exception of that. Like I said, they streamlined a lot of the features, and in my opinion, it made the game better. It certainly made it more accessible mm -hmm. for people because yeah. there was there was a lot. In, in the old yeah. one. It was like a little bit more hardcore. Yeah. Um, no more potions now either. Right. Uh, well, no, there are, there are, but they have the, they have like the pickup pots that are yeah. like instantaneous, but then you can also pick up the vials. Yes. But they limit you as to how many of those you can use. Mm -hmm. you, there are timed. I mm -hmm. think there's 30 seconds between each one. Right. And when, when you're getting bombarded by things and you need to hit one of those real quick and run away and you're still getting like bogged down with webbing mm -hmm. and poison and you can't hit another mm -hmm. one of those... That is where it comes into place that you have to pay attention to your items mm -hmm. and you need to make sure that your character is strong enough to go into the shit. Right. Like I have <laughs> I have a wizard who the wizard was always a distance character in Diablo 2. Yeah. Now I she I have a, a shield and I have a wand. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I am right in there. Like right. we don't have in the, the party that I'm with my friends, we don't have a barbarian. Nobody wanted to do, which mm. is weird, but nobody wanted to do the barbarian. So I was like, I'll do it. They're like, you can't. You're distance. No way. <laughs> I am barbarian I, wizard. <laughs> I am the on the front line in it with like 16 things jumping on me. I th throw up. I have like something like Jedi powers. <laughs> I have an orb that flies out that looks like a cosmic disaster that just blows <laughs> everybody up. And there's like ghost swords coming out of me. It's it's fucking amazing. All right, I, I love it. All right, so I think ten minutes is enough time to talk about Diablo <laughs> no. three. Um, I'm sure we'll hear more about it as the weeks go on. But I'll be doing some write-ups. All right. And if you want updates, just follow me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's it for Diablo 3, but let's talk about some comics. Let's do a little book of the week. Bob, sure. why don't you start out? Okay. It is number one of Trio, written drawn by John Byrne. Okay. First time doing an original superhero thing for a while. He doesn't do the big two companies anymore. Mm -hmm. He's sort of... Well, they've worn out their welcome with him more than the other way around. Um 
Don't want to give too much of this away because no one's seen this yet, but it is just a lovely little piece of old-fashioned superheroing. We jump right into an action sequence. We introduce our characters and their powers in action. Not a lot of talking, standing around. We have a wonderful little group here. Is this maybe the first superhero team with no Caucasian members? Maybe. I mean, very well came up with that the other day. It's like, wow, this is good. Uh, they're codenamed 1, 2, and 3, though the press have another name for them, which is where he came for this already. Go ahead, Steve. You mm. want to say it? Rock, paper, scissors. It's, yeah, right. it's funny. It's right. very good. Um, because what we have here is, a, again, it's uh, typical superhero things done in the burn way. So they're individual people. But we have big, strong guy, mm -hmm. Rock. We have a stretchable character and someone who has knives for hands, which mm -hmm. is always fun. Sort of maybe a Karnak from the Inhumans. We, it's, and the young lady might be a plastic man, Mr. Fantastic sort of thing. We get just enough information that you want to know more. Mm -hmm. You're led into this. We, we have a lovely little subplot of whaling ship. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Tons of wonderfully worded captions. It is just beautifully done. Mm -hmm. Again, you don't see captions much anymore, and it just sets the tone. And I read an interview with him where he was talking about it took him a while to get back into the caption voice, because this is, this is again, sort of retro. And it's a bloodbath, mm -hmm. but it's played off so nicely. I, I, I look at this, and I just say, wow, um, I hope this does well. Apparently not, though. Mm. Uh, on his website, someone was saying, well, what are you going to do side projects and this? And how, how were the numbers like? And he was reticent about talking about it mm -hmm. and finally just said, okay, the orders sucked, all right? <laughs> I don't think so. No, no, the orders on the book sucked. Oh, the, the orders. Book, the book the is artists. great. Yeah. The book is great. No, the artist, it's burned. And yeah. it, as he's gone down, he, he inked this himself. I hate myself. <laughs> uh, and and the, the colors are amazing, too. It's Rhonda Patterson, who did, uh, is doing Next Men and Cold War. Uh, you guys both read Trio? Yeah. Secondary opinions? I'll gush for I, like an hour on. This. I really liked it. I thought that it was. Um, it felt very old school to me. It felt like something mm. that came from like Silver Age or something like yes, that. Yes, that's that's definitely the vibe he's heading for here. Yeah, it's it's got like an old, not like new Fantastic Four, but like the class. Like when you gave me the Volume One mm -hmm. for Christmas or whatever, like that classic vibe to, especially um, the art style and just the the simplicity of the heroes. And their, you know, their functionalities uh, with with one another, and uh, I don't like the the maritime stuff. It had a lot of old themes to it, but mm. put, you know, I guess not in a new way, but in a in a fun way. I'll put right. it that way. Yeah, and I think what he's going to go for as we begin to explore the characters individually. Yeah, uh, there'll be uh, the deepening, but you're going to get that organically. It's going to happen a little bit at a time. Bobby, your take I, on this? I I really liked it, and here's it is very old school and. It's not that I, I, I don't want every book to be written this way, but I like that this book can exist in the, in the modern world. Yeah. I, I think that in a lot of ways, I think it's similar to me, and it's very different eras where these things come from, but when we saw Super 8 last year, right, which, which is That's very a much point. a callback to Amblin Entertainment, 80s, um, you know, kids movies in a lot of ways, you know, and... I love that that movie can exist. I don't need every movie to be an Amblin movie, but I like that those movies can exist and we can have adventure movies that exist in the modern, you know, milieu of storytelling. Yeah. This is the same way I feel about this. You know, it is it does feel old school, but it does a very good job of characterization. The art is very nice, and 
you know, I, I funny the the villains remind me a lot of the villains that are at least were in the first arc of the new Aquaman book. Um, a, a lot, even in design, a lot as well. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Um, but I enjoyed there are surprises in the book, and this is one of the good things about we always say about indie books, right? Which is there's more room for surprise because they're not characters that you know backwards and forwards. So there's a surprise about, you know, um, I think he's three, right? Rock? The, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. About kind of who he is in his regular life. Yes, when that's he transforms not, out. Yeah, that's yeah. not what I expected, and I liked yeah. that. Yeah. And I definitely want to you know, keep reading it. It's, it's really cool. And yes, I felt like um, you really said, let me, let me borrow the Dark Phoenix saga, which is mm-hmm. Claremont and Byrne. And I haven't read all of it yet, but what I've read of it, it felt very similar to me, you know, in, in kind of style, at least. I know Claremont wrote that. Right, but know. they were co-plotting. By the time yeah. that came out, they were doing it together. Now, here, you know, he's, he had three books out recently. Cold War, which is a 60s spy thing. Mm-hmm. The continuation of Next Men, which is more modern. And as we were talking about, it's sort of the launching point, I guess, for a lot of people's ideas about... Um, a new team with powers in some sort of government program and whatever, because mm. the book goes back 20 years. And now this is retro. Yeah. So he, he can tell stories in three different milieus, mm-hmm. which is the perfect word to use here, that people don't do much anymore. So it's it's fun that he's now found a home at IDW, at least. Yeah, that's very, very cool. Um, anything else you want to say about it? No, that'll good to go. So people should pick up Trio so that the reorders don't suck for issue two, so there are more of these. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I mean, the, honestly, the reason I picked it up was because I was looking at the list, and it said Trio by John Byrne, and I know how much you talk about how much you love John Byrne, yes. so I was like, I'll give it a try. And I'm glad I did, because I thought it was great. Oh. Um, we have burn victims here. That's what we... No, no, it's, it's, I didn't come up with this. what we all call ourselves. They, okay. used to, they used to be able to say that there were 50,000 of us who could be guaranteed to buy every book he put out. But if you grew up in the late 70s, 80s, as he was doing X-Men and Fantastic Four and Captain America and Avengers and everything else, it's a guy, you, you, he was a go-to guy. Well, I can obviously see why, because even now, it's still, it's still great. Um, speaking of fun books. Super fun. Steve, talk about your book of the week. My book of the week is uh, Avenging Spider-Man number seven. Uh, Avenging Spider-Man to this point has been a really good run. It's, yeah. It's been a lot yeah. of fun. It's um, very, uh, I don't know, like, how would you, laid back? It, it's, I guess laid back, I don't know if laid back is the right term. It's, it's very, uh, I guess, free and easy. It's very kind of, it's it's very, fu- it's been very fun. Everything yeah. about it's been fun. A little right. sidebar issues, fun stories. Yeah. All right, well. I came back. I came back from you know from Wednesday comic day or whatever, and I made my to read pile, mm-hmm. and it was gigantic. But before I sat down for anything, I was like, "All right, I have all these like semi serious and a lot of number ones to read. Mm-hmm. Let me just read something that's going to be fun." Right. And I love it when you sit down and you want something and you get it in spades. <laughs> right. And I just wanted to laugh before I got into all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. I cracked up. At this book, you can you can summarize Amazing Spider-Man Seven in one word: Avenging Spider-Man Seven. Cats, yes, cats, that's cats, the word. cats, cats everywhere. Mm-hmm. I love cats. They're they're fun. <laughs> I have one at home. Mm-hmm. She's adorable, and it's just it's it's Spider-Man and She-Hulk guests. I've never read anything She-Hulk mm-hmm. before, and I never knew like. When I thought She-Hulk, I'm like, oh, I'm like, so it's just gonna be the Hulk, but female, and mm-hmm. she's pissed, and you know, she's strong, and that's it. 
But you come to find out that she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like she makes lawyers' jokes that are funny. How do you <laughs> yes. do that? Right. You know, um, just really like like smart writing. Um, her and and Spider Man butting heads throughout the entire issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, her not really treating him with a whole hell of a lot of respect. Right. But like in a play, in, in a semi playful manner, mm-hmm. it still does, it doesn't come off as mean. It's just for comedy's sake. You know, right. um, somebody equated her to like a female Deadpool. In, in a sense of that mm-hmm. she breaks the fourth wall and mm-hmm. in a much, I know you don't like Deadpool, but no, we'll, we'll go but, down this road in a second. <laughs> but um, it's, it's a really great issue that if you haven't been following the Spider-Man stuff and you just want to read something funny with him in it, that's a little bit different. Um, I guess, should I talk about the plot of it a little bit? I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. You can talk about the plot. I mean, it's the plot is really There's kind of secondary. one spoiler you don't want to get. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's basically, it's Spider-Man's like kind of like, feeling down and out relationship wise and he's looking for like anybody to spend time with Mm -hmm. especially females and uh she ho kind of like blows him off and is like Mm -hmm. oh i gotta go do this work thing and he tags along and notices that there's a bunch of cloaked uh you know villainy looking Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. going in through the back of this museum and to make a long story short they end up uh awakening bast who is the um, i guess the egyptian cat goddess Mm -hmm. and like i said Cats, yeah, everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious. Um, I just, I, it was like, it sounds so corny, but like, it like warmed my heart, like my like little <laughs> corner of my heart for like fuzzy little animals. Mm. And I'm like, oh my god, it's so cute, right? Um, <laughs> Vending Spider Man has been really good for that in its whole run. It really, excluding uh, number six, which was really more of a Daredevil book because it was part of that Omega mm-hmm. effect, yeah, um, thing. It's really, it's a lot of fun. It's very funny. The plot is near, is really kind of secondary to just being a vehicle to have these two characters spar with each other, yeah. which yeah. is great. Um, yeah, no, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Bob, what did you think of it? Well, I loved it. I'm a big She-Hulk fan. Mm-hmm. I, initially, she started as a very serious character. Speaking of John Byrne, he turned her into the moonlighting of comic books. Mm-hmm. Talking up off the page to the writer and the editor and the audience. Again, I said to Steve off the air, first issue of Sensational She-Hulk was her standing there. If you don't buy my first issue this time, I'm coming to your house and ripping up your (laughs) (laughs) X-Men. That tells you all you need to know about where that character has gone. And she has her serious moments, as we saw in some of the recaps of the Avengers that she tears the vision in half. Yeah. Yeah. But in her solo story, she can do all this fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and, she and Spidey are just a perfect match. She is going to treat him with disdain after she's been a member of the Avengers and the Fantastic Four at one right. point. Mm-hmm. So, sort of, you're just Spider-Man. Who cares? Everybody seems to treat him with disdain. Yeah. <laughs> All the big heroes seem to treat him with disdain. He's just a kid. Yeah. I like how he was trying to uh, impress her with his Egyptian knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah no, I, th- I, I thought it was super fun. Um, I mean, I read a lot of great books. Um, mm-hmm. Alabaster Wolves number two was a book continues to be so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, the a part of Night of the Owls was excellent to see Damien uh, getting respect from military and commanding people. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a lot of good books. But uh, this one in particular was, was just a really, really good time. And it stuck with me throughout the whole week. And I was like, I want to read that again. And I read it again a, a second time today, and I still, I just, it was so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you brought up Night of the Owls. It was a 
I think the best week so far as far as crossover stuff goes because yeah. we had Batman and Robin, we had Batman, mm-hmm. and and we had Batgirl. Yeah. So we had uh, probably the th- three best Bat books mm-hmm. on the market coming out all in the same day, and all Night of the Owls crossovers. Uh, I loved Batgirl. I thought it w- I thought it was yeah. great. Um, and I've been really enjoying all throughout the series how they've been tying in the past. I love that the past is a big part of all of these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Detective was fine. I mean, that was two weeks ago or whatever. It was it was just okay. It was better than Dark Knight. Yeah, well, I don't. I, I haven't read that book since the issue one. Batwing was kind of lame. Batwing was okay. Um, I like the writing a little bit better in Batwing. I like the plot a little bit more in, in Detective Comics. Um, my favorite part, though, of Batman um, was it number nine. I guess was the last one. That, yeah, yeah yes. Batman number nine was the backup, the Alfred. Well, that was, uh, the, that the, was the, awesome. Al- but Jarvis, sorry, Jarvis, yeah. yes. backup story, which I've never seen a story about that character before, and it was just so interesting. It made me think of when you talked about that. I know they stole my idea. Yeah, they stole. Her idea. They, they heard it. They wrote it up real quick. Yeah, because you know we're friends with Scott. And yeah, he's just like you know. Oh God, you know. Hey, that's really <laughs> guys. Quick, come here. Yeah. No. Um. No. I really. Uh, now that you mentioned it, I almost forgot about that. Yeah. No. That was. Um. That was great. Yeah. And, you know, I, I liked the rest of the issue of Batman number nine, but it felt to me like, okay, we set Batman up in this area. We got to get him out of the cave. So it just became kind of an action book, and it was mm. really good action, really interesting stuff that happened. But in the end, like that's not the most interesting thing to me about that book. The end of that book is great because now it gets Batman back to being a detective again, mm-hmm. which I'm excited to see. Um. But. That backup, which is great, I loved every. It felt like a horror story. Yeah, and I, I loved that. It, you know, it felt very, you know, I, a lot of voiceover. I know it felt a little Lovecraftian to me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it's just fun to delve into the history of this because mm. this this whole story is about the history of Gotham City that we don't know. Right. And now here it's going to be told to us by a character who we're going to trust what he has to say. Yeah, he's on the inside. And you know, they always paint the Waynes. Charity as a good thing, and this it kind of reverses that script oh, a yeah, little great bit, point. which I, I think will be interesting. Um, there, there was that. Obviously, we had we weren't we didn't do a show about comics last week, so we didn't. Talk, Avengers vs X Men three came out, and I think we all kind of agree it was just kind of eh. whatever. Um, I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it felt to me like filler. It felt to me like getting from place to place. Um, but after seeing the Avengers and seeing and reading uh, Avengers vs X Men, it got me kind of in the big event mood. So I read Civil War for the first time. Ah, and it's a it's a story that I've wanted to read for a while. I just haven't gotten around to it. And you know, I, I read it, and I have to say, I, I liked it. I did not love it. It, it, mm-hmm. it more than anything, it, it's probably because, and maybe it's only because I've I've read mostly DC events in the last couple years as far as catching up with events. But m- most of those events kind of closed themselves off at the end, and Civil War felt to me just. It's open ended to me. There was not really an ending to to it in a lot of ways. You know, there's ending to the actual war, but it just felt like okay. And now there's all these other books that you should read. I know that's what they want to do, but it didn't leave me feeling like oh, I want to go read those books. It made me felt me feeling more annoyed that I, I had to read more. Well, as everyone who listens and you guys who had to listen to me rant about this, I'm a vent out at Marvel. Yeah, it's been one to the next to the next with it. Civil War. Secret Invasion and mm. Avengers Disassembled. Mm. Can we take a breath? And the heroic age after the Civil War was supposed to be, okay, it's not going to be the Silver Age again. Maybe it's the Bronze Age. We'll mm. have some fun and do some stuff, and we're right back to right. stuff blowing up and people dying again. Give me a chance. Look, Hitchcock made the greatest suspense movies ever because they were all, even Psycho is leavened with humor. There's a moment where you get a little bit of a laugh, and then something really horrible happens, and it makes it even more. 
if you just keep ratcheting this up all the time, eventually the rubber band breaks. Right. And mine did. And there were things about Civil War that I very much enjoyed. I, I, I liked some of the interactions. I, I, there was kind of a beat about the Punisher and you know the one line he won't cross, which is something to do with Captain America, which I mm-hmm. thought was a very interesting way to go. Um, it's interesting to me how they deal with Captain America in the story. And uh, uh, obviously I hadn't been reading before Civil War, so I don't know if there was a buildup to this. But he's kind of a dick all throughout the uh, the, the book, and I think I, I think that's on purpose. I think they they're placing him in, in the wrong is kind of a look what we're doing. This is not what we usually kind of do situation. But especially mm-hmm. after seeing the Avengers, that's not the Captain America I want. I want to read, you know. And, and I don't think they were particularly Millar was particularly good at making Tony seem very like especially right in the situation, you know. And, and so. There was not a lot of if people don't know what Civil War is yeah. about. It begins. The beginning is brilliant. The the the, the setup the, is brilliant. The Hartford, yeah. The yeah. New Warriors, who are a useless bunch of superheroes, end up creating this this disaster that gets people going. We have, superheroes have to register themselves because this this can't happen. There can't be just kids running around with these powers with the chance to level city blocks and we'd not have any mm-hmm. power over them. And you know. Superheroes are taking sides. They're, Tony is Tony is Tony, so he's of course he has not much to lose saying that he's Iron Man because yes. everybody already knows he's Iron Man. And Cap takes the opposite stance, which is interesting because it's more of a kind of ceremonial objection than it is a him objection because he doesn't care if people know who he is. Most people know who he is. You uh, know, the history of that character though through the late '60s into the '70s, '80s, he. Buttered heads with the government a lot. He mm. was not Captain America for a long time right. over government issues, where he's either the captain or nomad, mm. where it's, no, you can't do this. Right. So that that's consistent. But he did act like a moron he did most of this. He did. And sometimes when you're an extremist, and it's like when we're talking about the Cyclops thing in Avengers vs. Mm-hmm. X-Men right now, when you're on the extreme side of something, sometimes you don't act rationally. And that's I don't mind that. It's just there wasn't a lot of... There wasn't even shades where he was being... No. Normal, you know, um, and there's an interesting thing because from reading this and not having read th- something between this and now, a lot of it, Spider-Man unmasks himself and he goes, "I'm Peter Parker," but nobody knows he's Peter Parker now. So there, uh, there's some sort of retcon that happened along the way, <laughs> some sort of reality yeah. bend or, 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 or some such thing. Some mine and black probing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, there were parts that I really liked. I liked the idea of it more than I liked the execution of it. I guess is what I mean. Uh, it was. Uh, we. It's been done before. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, my first inkling of something like this. It's uh, when the Justice Society was called before HUAC back in the seventies, in, <laughs> in the books, but it was set in the fifties. They refused to give up their identities and quit. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. That's what you would probably do. I'm not going to expose my family to all this. You can't right. protect me. What? What protection doesn't work either? Witness mm-hmm. protection. So the hell with that. Years ago in the FF, Simonson did a whole run where Reed fought the other side. Right. Where here he wants everyone to give up their identity. Well, we did. Mm -hmm. He fought the other way so that people could protect their identities Mm -hmm. because the whole idea of family was important. I don't think this was crafted well to begin with. I bought all these, Mm -hmm. read them, and was very aggravated month to month and (laughs) crossover to crossovers. No, these characters are not acting the way they're supposed to. Right. And it spiraled out of control. Once it got going, there was a fight. There was going to be a fight. Right. Yeah. And way too many of those. Yeah. And um, yes, yeah, so that's all I have to say, but I just wanted to bring it up because it's, it's an interesting 
to compare it to what's going on right now because in a lot of ways it's similar because it's hero versus hero mm-hmm. and that's what we're getting right now and there are things the the problem happening in Avengers versus X-Men right now feels more like something that these people would fight over than what happened in Civil War because Civil War erupts like immediately it's just like okay Captain America gets the guns start in by shield and then all of a sudden there's an underground movement and it, yeah, it, we'll it go live in Doctor Strange's house and yeah, 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 yeah. immediately yeah. and so I, I I at least appreciate more what's going on with AVX in that I believe something that would come to destroy the world would divide people more than you know a yeah, genocide government initiative would, would tend to yeah because it's just the government initiative thing is a little weird to me because it's saying okay superheroing would be illegal but isn't it already technically illegal to be a vigilante to be a vigilante yeah, superhero absolutely. so what does that really change you know um, I guess because S.H.I.E.L.D. will be coming after you and they've been helping you otherwise but anyway that's it for that's all I want to say about that um, I will say this I, Journey to Mystery is also doing a, a little mini event right now and I'm not going to talk about it for a long time it's a very interesting book and written very very well it's called Exiled it's Journey to Mystery and New Mutants um, they're crossing over it's a very dense book and you might be confused reading it but um, it's uh, uh, Gillen, who's, who does uh, Wolverine the X, no, um, Uncanny X Men, uh. and Dan Abnett, who is obviously a veteran comic writer. Mm-hmm. He did a, gar- a run on Guardians of the Galaxy a, a, a couple years back. Really kind of crazy, but a, a lot of fun. And I, and the first issue, it's a little slow to get going, but once it's the second issue, it, it's great. And his run on Journey of Mystery is, has been really kind of crazy and good. So. I, I, it's a book that I don't think a lot of people are checking out, but I think people should be checking out. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a little break. Yes. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about what DC can do to catch up with Marvel in the movie universe. Oh, this should be fun. We are back, and we're here to talk about how DC can catch up with Marvel. Now, obviously, the Avengers opened to $207 million its opening weekend, and its second weekend was $103 million. The highest second week of all time. By a ton. Yeah. Um, A bigger second weekend than most movies have first weekends. Yeah. Yeah, except the biggest movies. Um, I think think the second weekend was bigger than any Marvel movie's first weekend, except maybe the first Iron Man, or the second Iron Man, I think, actually. That's the only one it wasn't bigger than. So... And obviously, DC has The Dark Knight Rises coming in July, which is going to be great, and it's going to make a ton of money. Um, but that's it for Nolan's Batman. So now we have DC with the issue of what's going to happen. You know, we have to, they have to decide how they're going to go about things. They own, they own all their characters. They don't have to worry about any kind of legal stuff going on. But with Batman over, a new Superman on the horizon, a Green Lantern movie that disappointed a lot of people, how can Marvel... How can DC catch up to Marvel and and make a movie universe that's as vibrant as the Marvel universe? Um, Bob, what do you think about I'm this? Chomping at the bit here. First thing you said right there is it's universe. Mm-hmm. The DC movies have all been little pocket universes of their yeah. own, mm-hmm. and that's a real problem. And we've always discussed they they hire, in the case of Nolan, a great director who isn't going to allow his characters to play with others. So that mm-hmm. that's one issue. To me, those second, the secondary issue here that might even be primary, the Marvel Universe movies are channeling Stan's Silver Age heroes. 
mm-hmm. who at, at the time the DC books were coming out, stands were a revelation. There were characters with human problems. The human element is so prevalent in those movies. You care about Steve Rogers and mm-hmm. Tony Stark and, and all those people. Mm-hmm. The DC half of that isn't quite so good. So you're left with the iconic superhero, Superman, Batman, and that's all they managed to do. Mm-hmm. They're just not as interesting. You're going to have to have someone create a really great story, get into Barry and Hal and Diana and Clark and Bruce. Mm-hmm. And tell the story from that, that level. The problem is the stories aren't there. Right. So how do, you, how do you address that? How do you get people to care about these characters except as T-shirts? Right. And that, I think, is, is the real issue right now. People love what Tony Stark has to say or what Steve Rogers is about mm-hmm. as much as they do all the superhero, superheroing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Marvel has a, has a sounder base to go on as far mm-hmm. as making movies because they have sounder characters. They yeah. have fuller, richer characters to, to draw on, and I think that whoever writes these DC movies is going to have to, except for Batman, is going to have to create stuff for their characters, you know, because it, it really wasn't until recently that the DC characters really started getting expanded on as far as people goes. They Absolutely. started telling people stories about these characters, you know, they, before they were treated like gods in, in a lot of ways. And, and the problem is now that your creators, the movie creators who are in their 40s, 50s, mm. If they reach back to their youth for the stories, they're not there. The right. DC stories aren't there, really. Yeah. So do you have to do Green Lantern, Green Arrow? Should you have done a socially relevant, tell that story as yeah. opposed to the cosmic story they did and tell me who those people are, throw the Black Canary into it? Mm-hmm. They had done that movie instead. Right. I just think they didn't do a good job of pushing Green Lantern, regardless of the quality. I don't think they did a very mm-hmm. good job of pushing of what, what it was. Um but that was their first attempt at something other than Superman, Batman. It was. And it failed, I don't want to say miserably, it made no, money, but... It made, it, you know, and it, it didn't fail miserably creatively either, just didn't knock it out of the park. Um, See, my problem with that, if you they went so cosmic with that so quickly. Hal, test pilot, bravery, obviously. Mm. No, we make father issues out of that. Right. If, if, well, if you end up with a movie that's about Hal learning to use the ring, overcoming wow, it's an alien device and mm. all the rest of it, uses his inherent bravery to, to tell that story. At the end of the movie, Kilowog shows up and you go, oh, by the way, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You set up a second movie that, wow, promises something spectacular. I'd want to see that. Right. You already played that card. The other thing, uh, huh. I will say this though, as far as the Green Lantern movie goes, the space stuff isn't the stuff they got wrong. Because a lot of that stuff is good. It's really the, uh, agreed. But it, it's too, the just it's too the on Earth stuff that they they mess up in in a lot of a lot of ways, um, and I don't just think it's Ryan Reynolds' fault. I think Ryan Reynolds is fine in the movie. Mm. I, I just think that you know he has a, a best friend that, that the whole best friend relationship is very that's very two thousand one superhero movie. You know, let's yes. create a friend for him to talk to who's yeah. funny and jokey. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like whoa, what's going on? This is crazy. Uh, uh, you know, and. They pick just like the hot actress to be the the female lead, mm-hmm. and Blake Lively is very good in other movies. She's not good in the Green Lantern. No, and I don't even think it's her fault. I just think the character is a piece of wood, it. you know. Um, but much like what Marvel did with from going from Ang Lee's Hulk to the Incredible Hulk, the Incredible Hulk isn't a reboot of that character. It's basically a sequel to Hulk. 
in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. They keep sort of the same origin that they established in that movie. You know, they change it a little bit, but they make it okay. He's on because the end of Hulk, he's on. He's in he's like Venezuela run. or whatever, yeah. and that's the beginning of Incredible Hulk. But they ignore what didn't work, yeah. and amplified what did. And they can do that with Green Lantern. Even if they're going to recast the character, they can do that. They don't have to do the reboot of Green Lantern to have the character work. Um, I just want to say this right now: DC made their first superhero major superhero movie in nineteen seventy eight, which was Superman. Mm-hmm. There, the lineup of movie goes like this from 1978 till 2012. I'll, okay, Superman, Superman two, the horrible Swamp Thing movie, um, Superman <laughs> three, super, Hard, the horrible Superman yeah, three, the horrible the, Supergirl. Um, the, I, I, I like, like that super, movie. I, we, I will both. Uh, yeah, the yeah, even agree. more horrible Superman four, the quest for peace. Um, the charming ret- idea, but terrible movie. The return of Swamp Thing. <laughs> it's a comedy, at least. And then <laughs> Batman. Okay. Then Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Oh, that went off the rails quick. Then Steel. Oh! <laughs> Whoa. Then Cat... Now, there's not another DC movie until 2004 when they make Catwoman. Wow. Fuck oh, Catwoman. I... That movie does not exist. And then Batman Begins, Superman Returns, The Dark Knight, and then Watchmen, Jonah Hex, which don't even really count because they're in yeah. the same universe. I guess Jonah Hex is, but they're technically but vertical the, books. None of these movies are connected, so yeah, it yeah. doesn't really matter. Green Lantern, Dark Knight Rises. So, really... In, in since 1978, if you don't count the Swamp Thing movies, because they're barely even about really that character, um, they've made one movie that's not in the Batman or Superman universe, and that's Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, well, the steel in the movie doesn't address Superman. Does right, it? right, right. No. But yeah, he is from that. Yeah. Was that Shaq? Yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Nice. Yeah. John Henry Irons. Yeah. Uh, looked- we should have that and Kazam, a <laughs> yeah. double a double header. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'd I'll rather watch. <laughs> I'd rather watch the Dolph Lundgren Punisher than right. watch most of the movies you just listened to. I love when he's he's burning his his wounds in the <laughs> sewer. <laughs> but here's the problem, right? So they can't seem to break out of, of this mold, right? So the definitive now DC movie is the Batman movies. I'm not even sure people think of that as a DC or comic movie. I, I think most mainstream no. people. Just think of it as a different level of movie. They just think of it, there's Batman movies, you know, and they don't think about it being in a universe or with other her- heroes the same way they think of Iron Man, Captain America, all these characters. So here's the question: Does DC launch after this is after we get Dark Knight, after we it's over, we get a Superman movie? Does DC relaunch Batman, launch the Flash, launch the Green Arrow in a Justice League movie, or do we need to have? Individual movies for each character building to a Justice League movie. Steve? I think that they need individual movies. Okay. I think they need to start all over again. Mm. Uh, I think they need to reboot every one of their characters, Green Lantern included. I know you're saying that they can build off of that. That movie, it had its moments. There were some aspects of the cosmic stuff was cool. Some of the effects were cool. There were parts of that movie I personally found excruciating. I could not stomach the the romance friendship scenes mm-hmm. awful i think that if you wanted you couldn't you couldn't put that hal jordan into the more serious the against a batman or something in a big movie unless you you have to make them all part of the same thing like that's the like yeah. thor yeah. Gotta and set a tone. Mark. yeah yeah the, all the avengers they're of the same universe. They all coexist. This is just the first time that they're putting them together for a team. Mm. You need a Wonder Woman movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like you. How can they have not managed that? That's the, the they've third tried. part of the trilogy. 
but, but back to but Marvel has managed to make two Iron Man movies, a Thor movie, a, a Captain America <laughs> yeah. movie, and an Avengers movie, and DC can't make anything but Batman. Yeah, you know, and here's what I'm saying about Green Lantern. I'm not saying you don't have to have you even have to have Ryan Reynolds in the next Green Lantern movie. I'm God, saying, no. I'm saying you don't need to go back and do the the Argent. plane crash. You know, Evan no, Sir no, crashes no, yeah, the game. You don't have to do him that. getting the ring again. Just that movie existed, much like much like even what Marvel did with Mark Ruffalo on top of a a, a good Hulk movie, saying okay, new new guy, but same origin. You it's, know who the Hulk is. It's fine. It's you when know? James yeah. Bond changes. It doesn't yeah. matter who the actor is. We're yeah. telling the same story. And I do agree with you, but the crux of that is going to be. I don't know what they're doing with Superman. I don't know if they if now they're they're going to be scrambling to change things in Superman to make it. Now a universe movie in some way, but Batman is the crux of it. They have to make a Batman movie that feels like it can exist in in a universe with people who can fly, people who have magic rings, and people who can run super fast, and you know, shape shifting aliens. They have to make it feel like it, ex- it they belong. Yeah. Well, yeah, with Captain America in the Avengers movie, mm-hmm. you have that sort of disbelief that here's this guy from the '40s and a god and a giant green monster and all the rest of it. And he has a certain amount of disbelief, but he's Captain America and yeah. pulls back and says, okay, no, I, I'm i a commander of men. I can deal with this. Right. Batman has to be in that role. Yeah. But you have to then have a Batman that can exist in the daylight and no yes. one's Batman can't. Yeah. I also think that Batman would need to go back to being a detective, that they would, Absolutely. Need, they would need that type of character, that type of authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and also type of mystery. Yeah. Like if you want to have like that off mystery character of the bunch, that's mm-hmm. going to be Batman. Yeah. Well, and you can't do yeah. that with Nolan's Batman. No, no. They, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Nolan's Batman is done after this. They have to relaunch it in a way that includes yeah. oh, other movies. Oh, what do you movies. think, Batman? I'm going to do it by myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, the Justice League, when, when the book started in Brave and Bold 28, oh, uh, <laughs> everyone's going to correct me now. Anyway, um... What you had was, you know, sort of outer space aliens, and okay, maybe you have that, and it, it something large, a big threat. Batman needs to figure out mm-hmm. how to stop them. Mm-hmm. So you can you can fold that in, but do you if you wait for four or five other movies to come? We're looking now at two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the time they get a movie out, is is the bloom off the superhero rose at that point? I don't know. So then, from a business standpoint, would it be better to do? A team-up movie, a Flash Green Lantern combined. You've already introduced Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Do a Brave and Bold. Ha- have the Flash show up and Green Lanterns in it. Can mm-hmm. we sh- secondarily I don't introduce know. two characters into one? And who needs to be in charge of this? Well, here's the other thing too, and here's the other problem um, is that so in the Avengers, there's an inciting incident in even the Marvel lore. That gets the Avengers together. Yeah. What what inciting incident gets the Justice League together? You know, they're so disparate. They have such wildly different powers or no powers at all. Well, you know, in the New Justice League origin, obviously they did that. The Dark Seed invaded, so these they all kind of show up in the same place to fight. But to me, there's not that connection of personality that exists in the Marvel universe in the DC universe. These guys just kind of get together because it's what because we need to do get them to get together. Right, you know? they were based on when the Justice League formed. <laughs> it was there was the Justice Society in the '40s, mm-hmm. and there was just you know a swell bunch of guys who hung out and fought criminals. Mm-hmm. 
and it was a different era. In the 60s version was just sort of the same, oh, we'll just bring guys together. It doesn't matter why or how. Right. And they basically all spoke in the same voice, including Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. It was just not... They were fun to read. They weren't particularly well written. Right. Now audiences demand more. Yeah. And so how do you stick mm-hmm. the Martian Manhunter and the Amazon Princess right. and the last son of Krypton and Batman into right. the same movie without an introduction of the sidebar characters? Yeah. Maybe they're the people who tie it together. There's something that they can't handle that Superman shows up for, and Batman yeah. is the yeah. the glue that says, no, don't trust him. He's from somewhere else. And- yeah. And also, even more than the fear that an Avengers movie would just turn into an Iron Man movie, how do you make a Justice League movie and not have it be just a Batman movie? You I know? have the answer to that. Get Joss Whedon to write it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be. <laughs> He's not now. Secondarily, how about you do uh, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini, who managed to do animated that's... movies with all these characters and they all mm. work. Yeah, um, that's another thing that they can do. That I, I told you, I started watching Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, and it's written by Christopher Yost. Yeah, yeah. Why not instead of always scouring for a big name in Hollywood, maybe DC can decide who are our strongest writers. Get. Gail Simone in to to write in on a script. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. the actual creators, or at least the the showers. Get Scott Snyder mm-hmm. to write you a Batman right. movie. Yeah. The know? only thing I'd say about that is it is a different skill set. It's different writing a movie than writing a comic book. You can have them consult, but what you need is much like Marvel as Kevin Feige to be like, okay, I hire all these directors, but in the end, I'm the one who oversees every part of this universe. You can't do this. You can do, do that. Yeah. This is how we make it feel cohesive. DC needs that guy. They need that guy. When I, it's but supposed they to be did Jeff hire Johns. him, Jeff Johns. It's supposed right. to be Jeff Johns doing it, but, and again, who knows what goes on behind the scenes. This is Warner Brothers we're talking about. It's a giant company yes. that I'm sure that if Jeff Johns had his druthers, there would already be a Justice League movie, you know, but yeah. he just can't do it. Um, uh, I don't want to interrupt the conversation, but uh, we do need to take a little bit of a break. Um, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> All right, well, we are back. Um, we took a little break. Actually, our our brother podcast, who I'm on, the Man Cave podcast, uh, just an interview with Brie Olsen, so we, we need the equipment. Yeah. Um, so you can look for that. It's actually out right now. Um, be out the same time this show's out. So you can head over to mancavepodcast.com and listen to that. It was a really good interview. I um, got to say hi. You did get to say hi, Steve. <laughs> yeah! It was very exciting. Um, <laughs> and if you guys haven't listened to that podcast yet, it doesn't even matter that I'm on it. Jeff, who hosts it, is really good. He's a great interviewer. He's a very personal guy. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, don't be fooled by the name. You don't necessarily have to be a guy to listen to it. It's just kind of the idea of of that kind of thing. You know, video games, movies, uh, sports. All, and then there's normally do a show four days a week. So there's a lot to listen to there. Um, but we were talking about DC catching up with Marvel, and I was talking about how they needed someone like Kevin Feige to be kind of the overseeing person. We mentioned Jeff Johns and how he should have, he, that's who he's supposed to be. But, um, you know, not too much more to say about it. It's just that we have a, a gallery of heroes here, right? We have what's going to be Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, and The Flash at the least. You know, I don't know how many heroes they're going to incorporate. Um, they've shown that, you know, they can, in Marvel, at least can do a, a, an archer hero very very well because sure. Hawkeye is great in, in the Avengers and the in Green Arrow obviously is kind of the uh, some people he's Hawkeye's better you know in a, in a lot of ways um, here here's what I want to 
I, I want to ask you, Bob. You've been you've been reading these books for a very long time, and yes, um, the Avengers <laughs> movie was a, a a big deal for Steve and I, but also a very big deal for you. It's something you've been looking forward to probably for a very very My long time, entire life, yeah. basically. So let me ask you this: You have Tony Stark, right? Who's a very interesting character. Downey brings a ton to that character. You have Captain America, who's obviously a character you love, mm-hmm. right? Um, you have Thor, who they did a great job of, of, of making his personality very specific and, and interesting. Um, which of the Justice League characters, other than Batman, because Batman's the obvious one who's going to, he's going to be the Iron Man, the guy who everybody looks mm-hmm. to, obviously. But what other characters do you think could really, really has the chance to be that kind of standout character? In terms of what's been written over the last 25 years, mm-hmm. let's go there instead of going all the way back, it's Barry. Right, okay. You know, based on, you know, crisis and everything else where you had a character willing to sacrifice everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you, you go into it. First of all, as the scientist, you now have that whole option of, well, he's as smart as Batman is in his field. Right. So you could do something there that hasn't been shown in their universe yet. So I, I'd, I'd go with Barry. Barry, it's interesting. I mean, you know, and when we talked to uh, uh, Brian Bucciolato a, a couple months ago about The Flash, I kind of brought up that The Flash, the Barry Allen Flash very much reminds me of the Steve Rogers Captain America. They're very yep. similar people, you know, where they just want to do the right thing all the time. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that a Barry Allen Flash done in the kind of the style of the Chris Evans Captain America could really, really hit home with a lot of people. Right. He's the Iowa Midwestern kid who, right. whose superpowers are thrust upon. Mm-hmm. And his upbringing tells him, I have to be the best hero ever. I have to find a way to make this work, however that is. Right. And it's funny, I saw, this past weekend was Mother's Day, and I saw The Avengers with my mom. And the only Marvel movie she hadn't seen, she didn't see Captain America yet, it just kind of slipped by her. Um, I, I gave her the Cliff Notes version of who he was, in mm-hmm. case she didn't know. And after he got out of the movie, I asked her, um, what do you think Captain America? And she said, I, I-, I loved him. You know, he was, it's just yes. a great guy. You know, he's just a likable character. And I think you have a chance to do that with The Flash if they do it in the right way. And we also, um, the George Miller Just Like movie that was rumored, um, the guy who was playing The Flash in that movie, Adam Brody, um, talked about it on a, a Kevin Smith podcast about that script. And it was basically, the end of the movie was Barry sacrificing himself. Oh, for the and that was going to lead into Wally if they did another Justice League movie, but it was Barry sacrificing himself. Um, well, I guess that's because you have a regular person that lets the audience in. In in, in the Avengers, you have you know again gods and monsters and scientific geniuses, right? And regular kid from Brooklyn, right? Yeah. So okay, regular guy from Iowa, police scientist mm-hmm. in the midst of all this other chaos. Mm-hmm. He's your introduction. He can stand there and be awed for you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Steve, what character would you, would you like to see really done justice in a Justice League movie? I guess it's Aquaman. Aquaman. Interesting. That 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 will be interesting, right? Because Marvel hasn't even broached that underwater stuff yet in no. in their movies with Namor. Um, You've been reading the the uh, the new Rockman run, right, yeah. Steve? Um, do you like the way that character is depicted in that run? Is that the kind of character you want to see in the movie if they That's do it? That's why I chose him. Mm-hmm. I think it's time. Yeah. For for him, I think that the the Aquaman that's in the DC fifty two is an Aquaman that people could get into. Yeah. Um. I was actually I was thinking it when uh, we were about to come back. 
Um, like I hate to, it's a really, really poor comparison, but I'm going to do it anyway. Battleship yeah. mm-hmm. that's coming out. Right. With all the, the, I'm just trying to think of a movie, not saying don't make Aquaman like Battleship, but mm-hmm. the whole like the swelling of the waves, the, that big colossal battle at sea kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Monsters from the deep. Like, mm-hmm. I, all you need, seriously, think of Piranha. Like, mm-hmm. all you need is some kind of a, of a planetary event opens up a fissure underneath the water, bam. Mm-hmm. You've got a whole, you know, undiscovered world mm-hmm. at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. You can come up with anything. You right. could come up with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, get Black Manta, maybe, mm-hmm. to, to be, get a, have it there be a villain. Mm-hmm. Enough, you know, not none of this, like, you know, oh, there's a bunch of army of things. You can have it under somebody's control, but have right. a villain. Make an iconic villain like Loki mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, hot female lead, Mera, mm-hmm. his girlfriend. She's a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just getting into her character, but she is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, he's gotten such a bad rap for such a long time that it would be cool if they used the model of the, the DC-52 Aquaman and kind of treated him as like like a tongue in cheek seriousness mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, that like in the movie he starts out as like kind of like the village joke, mm-hmm. and by the end of the movie, by through all these heroic acts and saving like entire cities from like a gigantic tidal wave mm-hmm. or something, or an army of like mermen or some crap right. like that. Like it could be visually very pleasing yeah absolutely uh it can make a great comic book movie mm-hmm. and you can you can bring the the justice league battle to you know right next to the water mm-hmm. something comes out of the water and that's where you put aquaman mm-hmm. you know right. he, you he, start with aquaman though yeah separately yeah and, yeah and make him his own solo movie mm-hmm. first like right. you you establish that this is a guy that has you know influence over um you know all these things inside of the ocean that when you finally make it to your Justice League movie, that like there's this scene where like it's just him rising out of the water and he just points his trident towards mm. whatever the hell else is coming out, and just like a bum rush of all the stuff from the ocean right. coming after, you know, mm. the whatever threat mm. is mm. going on in the movie. I just think it would be It'd be cool to see. Yeah. Abyss, deep rising kind of, right. yeah. who knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah. weird weird creatures. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I just, you know, just like anything alien or anything cosmic, our our aliens or our planetary aliens are what's below. I mean, we yeah. can't even get down that far. There's all kinds of shit that comes up every few months that we've never seen. Yeah. Let's take, you know, examples from some of those things and make our own. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the technology to do it without it looking like shit. Right. So do it. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And you saying that actually it makes me think more and more that DC needs to kind of tackle this the same way that Marvel did in a lot of ways. You can't. Marvel proved that if you you need to you take your time, you del- you set up a plan and you deliver on that plan, and you get mm-hmm. the results you got with the Avengers. I think mm-hmm. rushing into a Justice League movie is a mistake because. If Justice League movie, much like the Justice League comic that just happened, if you just have Aquaman coming out of the sea and being like, I have all these powers, sure, might be, oh, that's cool looking, but you won't have any investment right. in who Arthur Curry is, uh, you know. Right. Well, the thing the thing with that, I mean, when you got the individual uh, movies for Marvel, it gave you a reason to get, it gave you, first of all, it gave you time mm-hmm. to get comfortable, gave you reason to root for them. 
if you stick like Aquaman, let's mm. say, you know, first of all, everybody's going to harken back to the fact that Aquaman has been kind of a joke for a yeah, long right. time. Yeah, and he's yeah, like yeah. one of the Entourage wimpiest, you know, he's like Robin for some people. Right, they just, yeah, they yeah. just, a lot of people don't like these heroes just because. Yeah. Just because there's this stigma around mm-hmm. them that they've heard that they're not supposed to like Aquaman, so they yeah. don't. Yeah. That's a super friends thing. It yeah. Was, it was the crappy one in the cartoon. People don't remember that in the books when Peter David was doing it, Aquaman was a, that's where he got the hook and all the right. badass yeah. stuff was going on. People weren't reading books at that point. Right. So right. their thing is the old cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, the individual movies for Marvel is what made the moments in in the Avengers so sweet because yeah. you you saw their their climb to glory. Mm-hmm. And now they have to learn how to be a team. Mm-hmm. And then by the next time we meet them, there's probably going to be, you know, now that the, the people see what they're capable of, there's going to be much bigger plots mm-hmm. because we have to stop these Avengers. They're yeah. in the way of everything that we do. Yeah. Um, and with DC... You can't just make a Justice League movie because nobody's going to give a shit if you only give them 20 to 25 minutes of Aquaman, mm. or the Martian Manhunter, Yeah, and you can't, sure. you can't base it off the fact, well, everybody knows who Batman is. Everybody knows who Wonder Woman is. Everybody knows who's... Mm-hmm. No, they, they don't because mm-hmm. they've forgotten because yeah. you haven't been doing a good job mm-hmm. with your movies mm-hmm. and yeah. so much so that people, except for Batman... Mm-hmm. They they don't they don't really like them. They're not responding to them. Yeah. But you also painted yourself into a corner because nobody's going to put Nolan's Batman into a Justice League movie. No. You fucked yourself. Yeah. You have to find somebody who is willing to do a top quality comic book Batman. Yes. Nolan's Batman is not really. No, it's not like we said. It's no, like it's, it's like movie. Heat yeah. or or yeah. one of those major heist films. Yeah. That's so like it's a good good movie you could replace batman with another detective that's just yeah. a dude yeah and you would almost have the same thing yeah yeah this is this is not that this is comic books mm-hmm. you know that was nolan's vision for a certain type of batman that batman would not work as no. a replacement for let's say like a tony stark look to him as like the the leader and right. the scientist kind of thing yeah absolutely you're absolutely right yeah. And it all hin- the thing is like just like DC's comic book universe, it all hinges on Batman. It all hinges on that that character. It's just that's the that that is the character at this point in their in their library in all of comic book library and, and maybe all of mainstream fiction library is the mm. most famous character in the world. You know to use you know as far as anything above like Mickey Mouse. You know sure. in, in in kind of maturity level. And you've got if you can make it believable in Batman, you can make it believable in anything, you know. But one of the things, just in a, a kind of an excitement factor, like you know how how cool Hawkeye and Black Widow are in, mm-hmm. in the Avengers. Imagine that, but with fucking Batman, you know. Yeah. Batman doing all those amazing things and doing all the things that we know Batman can do from reading the comic mm-hmm. books in this movie. You'll have people going in going, "Well, I love Batman, but." What is he gonna do with against super uh, Superman or or Green Lantern or Flash or Wonder Woman or all these right. people? And the truth is, Batman always comes out on top because he's Batman, and, and I think they have a great chance of doing that. Well, Marvel treated all their characters with a a great level of respect. Mm-hmm. All these movies are their B characters. Yeah, yeah. Thor, Cap, and Iron Man. I mm-hmm. mean, Cap was in the '40s an A character, but in terms of 
not being Spider-Man and the X-Men at this point. Yeah. He was definitely down the list. Mm-hmm. And then now you add Hawkeye, Black Widow, C characters? Yeah. D characters? D characters, probably. But uh, all of them get stuff to do. You know, Captain America's shield stands up to Thor's hammer, yeah. which we've seen can do just about anything. Mm-hmm. And it's, okay, this is a guy that can do anything he needs to do to get this job done. They're willing to elevate their minor characters to major players. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got someone to root for. Yeah. DC has to... I mentioned this before. Here's the plan, though. Do they wait five years? Are they solid enough as, as a movie company to say, I'll, we'll, we'll play this out in the way that it should mm-hmm. to build interest in our minor characters and then it's Superman, Batman, and these guys who are now their equals? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to just rashly jump into... A mishmash. You would hope. I mean, Marvel's laid out a uh, Marvel has laid out a plan for them. You know, DC has so yeah. much less work to do at this point. Marvel said, "Look at what has laid out a plan." Said, "This is what we did, and look what it look what it equaled." You know? Yeah, they actually added the grosses of all those movies together into this opening weekend, yeah. which is pretty incredible. Yeah. But except for television, have has anyone seen? Well, that's on Smallville. You know, that's Green kind of Arrow point, yeah. and Black Canary right. and, and the Huntress and all the rest of this stuff they've been doing. But. But the Marvel characters was were even less exposed than before these movies. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like my mom didn't know who Iron Man was, didn't know who Captain America was, didn't know who Thor was. And to your point about Aquaman, Steve, I think DC has been given a gift with Marvel doing Thor because if people can accept Thor as a character, yeah. they can accept anybody as a character. Verily, <laughs> the dude has a hammer, yeah, a, a hammer, a, like it's a big hammer, but it's not a big weapon in comparison to other weapons mm-hmm. that can call down lightning and knock the Hulk out and, you know, all these other things. So, and he fights frost giants and, you know, travels on a rainbow bridge and there's all these things that Marvel just went, (laughs) okay, this is the way it is. So we're just going to do it. Again, pick the right director who apparently loved the property Mm -hmm. as a child and never stopped to explain a whit of it. Yeah. This is what Thor does. He swings his hammer and flies Mm -hmm. through the air and, Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think DC has to do. I, I think with Green Lantern, I, I, to be honest, as much as that movie fails in a lot of points, they did do that. They were kind of like, this is what it is. There's this crazy planet with all these crazy aliens, and we're yeah. just going to do this thing. I, I think that they chose the wrong villain. I think they chose the wrong necessarily you know, structure for that movie in a lot of ways. I don't know how you... The, the setup. Sinestro is the right choice. Sinestro is the, the right choice, and apparently the right actor. Oh, he was Mark Strong was a, was fantastic as Sinestro. I think it's too big a story. You need to tell the personal story of why I should care about Hal Jordan, right? Not about yes. aliens with power rings. Yes. It's interesting because it's the opposite story of Thor, right? Whereas Thor yeah. goes from this fantastical place to this normal place, and you get to tell his growing up story in this very familiar place to us. Hal Jordan is the opposite. Hal Jordan yeah. has to go somewhere insanely rid- ridiculous to grow as a, a human being, you know? And so there is there is a division there. Again, I don't think that movie failed because of that. I think it failed because it wasn't marketed well. And, and in the end, the people who pushed those movies to be great in the box office weren't behind it. You know, you, look at a movie like the Fantastic Four movies, right? Which mm-hmm. both opened well, but then petered out yeah, completely because people like us were like mm, they're not very good and so we mm. didn't tell our buddies who don't necessarily love comic books but love comic book movies oh man you gotta go see the Fantastic Four we didn't see the Fantastic Four more than once we didn't see Green Lantern more than once yeah. you know I didn't tell my mom oh my god I'm gonna take you to go see the Green Lantern in the theater because yeah. it was so cool yeah. you know 
And that didn't happen. Marvel's proving the Avengers, if you make an awesome movie, look how much fucking money it's going to make, you know? Yeah. So, and Nolan has proven that with his movies too. If you make the right movie, it'll make a lot of money. DC has to be willing to go, okay, we need to cast the right actor. Marvel's gotten that right at every turn, you know? We'll yeah. cast the right actor to play the lead, regardless if they're well-known or not well-known. Cast the right director. We'll pick the right director who is a good director, but is willing to follow our lead, you know? And I also, I don't know if anybody else will be able to do this, but we assign our... Chris Evans, if you want to be Captain America, you have to sign a six-movie contract. And that means we can use you for a cameo, or we can use you in an entire movie. But when we say you have to do a movie, you have to do it, you know? DC has to be able to work that out, you know? Because you can't... The problem with Ryan Reynolds... I don't think Ryan Reynolds is a bad actor, but Ryan Reynolds is one of the bigger comedy stars in the country right now. You're not going to get Ryan Reynolds to sign up for six movies for a reasonable amount of money, you know? Um, You've got to make the right call and you've got to come up with the right story. You know, you've got to establish Barry as the Flash. You've got to establish, if you want to do Oliver Queen as Green Arrow, Mm -hmm. you've got to establish Diana as Wonder Woman. You've got to make these choices and you've got to look to these Marvel movies who said, we're not going to do the thing where we're scared of the weird stuff anymore. Just embrace it. You know? I think that DC, I mean, if I, I mean, this is just my personal opinion, but mm. I mean, I stopped watching Smallville, like I think maybe seven seasons in or something. I got right. sick and tired of them not flying. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I think their approach to their properties is also a little off. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything is a, is a prime example, it's that, I mean, we haven't watched it yet, mm-hmm. but that Wonder Woman Ugh. show that was supposed to come out. Right. Not, I mean, you know, and there was, I mean, we even talked about it on the show, but I mean, there was so much press and so much internet mm-hmm. talk about the, just the outfit alone mm-hmm. that at one point, until there was that major backlash, they were willing to let that slide. Yeah. They were willing to let that be their Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And it was, the, the amount of wrong that it was, was like infathomable. It was just... <laughs> It was nobody wanted to watch that. Right, no. Nobody wanted right. to see that. Right. Even before it was off the not even off the ground, they were like, Are You fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. And that coupled with like, I know the arrow show, I know I haven't seen it or mm-hmm. anything, but that like supermodel, you know, just stepped out of a salon, uh bumpkin town approach mm-hmm. to their characters is no. just it's so corny mm-hmm. and it's so cheesy. Mm-hmm. And I, I I would never believe Tom Welling, let's say, his Superman could ever hold up. I know people have said in the past, oh, why don't you just get Tom Welling to be Superman? He's a he did a good job, but I again, just like yeah. Nolan's Batman, I could never see Tom Welling's mm-hmm. Superman commanding or going to going nose to nose with Batman. Could you ever right. see Tom Willing no. going no. up against Batman? So, no. Yeah. Like just their, their approach They're like somebody at that company needs to stand up and be like, look, Marvel has already again, shown us mm-hmm. how it's done. Yeah. Who in this room is willing to sit down, go away for a month, map out a plan for us, come back and we'll cut you a check. Yeah. Cause we got to get this done. Cause if we don't now, we don't know if if comic books are going to be mm-hmm. that popular in another five years. I yeah. mean, it's kind of like uh, 
like Rock Band, mm-hmm. you know, or the Music Generator games, like those are just they're done. Mm-hmm. It was a fad, right? You know, I don't. Comics have been around forever. Hopefully, this this isn't right. a, a fad, especially mm-hmm. with the money that it's making. Yeah, yeah. But you can only ride the comic book wave for so long mm-hmm. that I don't think that DC is going to be able to pick up the helm right. if this is what they're producing. Well, mm-hmm. I believe, as a lot of people did, that whole Welling thing. You have this guy, cast him, hire him. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's a year ago, they were going to do Justice Society on Smallville. Mm-hmm. Great. One of my favorites. In the first 10 minutes, they kill off <laughs> the real Justice Society. Mm-hmm. And then no one's wearing costumes. Everybody's dead. Mm-hmm. You could have had a second show of a whole superhero team mm-hmm. set now, set then, whatever you want. No, we'll just blow them all up. Who cares? Right. Dr. Fate, who cares? We'll just we'll kill them. <laughs> You've got iconic characters and you crap all over them. They just don't seem to get their own history and aren't willing to embrace it and move forward. And I, that's appalling. Yeah, I, I think that I, I think that just needs to needs to have a shepherd to to drive it through. And you know what? Other problem too, and I think I talked about this last time or, or whatever. But and I've heard this talked about in other podcasts and other shows, but. The Marvel characters, the principal Marvel characters, pretty much all created around the same time by the same people, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. The DC characters created over a very disparate period of time by wholly different creators, not really under a, a shepherding of one, you know, right. They're one not all ethos. in the same voice. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's part of the problem. So I think the other thing DC has to do, which Marvel did not have to do, is they have to find a tone. A, a communal tone for their characters to exist in the same place. Despite the fact, look, the Marvel movies are in all different genres. They are, but somehow they all feel right when they're put together like a puzzle piece. You know, you, you know what uh, I mean? They're, they, the Marvel movies are, as despite all the changes in costumes and mm-hmm. time periods, whatever, this is the Silver Age Marvel Universe mm-hmm. put on the screen. Mm-hmm. These are Stan's characters. right. right. DC could do that if you decided to do the 70s versions. Mm-hmm. If you want to move this up into where it's Denny O'Neill doing it and Steve Englehart doing Batman, you could maybe find the right spot. Right. Len Wein, who was doing Justice League then. Mm-hmm. If they're going to try to go all the way back into what, what Siegel and Schuster Superman and Kane's Batman and then jump forward into the 60s, no, it's never going to work. Yeah, I don't think they're either going to do that at all. I think that... My only thing about the the kind of tone of the characters is is you have to kind of decide what universe your universe is going to be like. If now, if that means making every every hero a little bit darker to fit in with Batman, then that's what you have to do. I, that's not necessarily what I want to happen, but you have to figure it out. You either have to make Batman lighter, or you have to make everybody a little bit darker. And from what I've seen in the Superman, it looks like they're making Superman a little bit darker. You know. If it, I don't, I don't want it to be like everything like Nolan's Batman, you know, because that's a yeah. singular thing. But you need to make it a little bit more serious, and you know, I would, I mean, I would rather see the Avengers that amount of fun on screen. Maybe you can't do that, just like maybe it has to be a little bit more serious, maybe it has to be a little bit more dire, maybe it has to be a little bit more kind of, um, you know, eighties, what, whatever, or whatever. You have to do, but I just. Pick a direction and do it, you know, because if you make a Flash movie or Green Arrow movie that's silly and then try to stuff them in there with Batman or Superman, it's it's not going to work. It's going to feel weird, you know, Um, and 
Marvel had to think about Marvel these movies. They had to make a character like Tony Stark popular in order to make this happen. DC doesn't have to do that. You know, they have a character already that is in the public consciousness constantly. You know, I I just it's gonna come down. It's gonna come down. What always comes down to in movies, writers and directors doing quality work and being allowed to do quality work. You know, there might be some misses. Like I I love Thor. I don't think Thor is a complete success in every single part of it. You know, much like The Incredible Hulk, much like Iron Man 2, there's yeah. the, there, there are misses in all of those movies. But the intentions and the tone, are, are, they stick to those things yeah, completely. There's a consistency. You know? And now if you look back at them after seeing the Avengers, you see how they link together. Mm. They're now better. Yeah, absolutely. Oddly. oddly. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, we'll just have to see what happens. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do. Um Will it be easier or harder for them to come off this Marvel success? You'd think it would be easier for them because now they have a roadmap to do it. But, but will it come off looking like second-class Avengers movie? That, that's the thing, right? But if you, the thing they have going for them is they have Batman, they have Superman, they have Wonder Woman, they have these characters. I don't know if we can count Wonder Woman since they haven't been able to successfully get a movie together. That's true. They have Batman and Superman yeah. who, are, who are bigger than all of the heroes in the Avengers combined. Yes. Each one of them in popularity, yeah. sing, uh, apart from themselves. So you have the recipe there. You know, people have been wanting to see Batman and Superman movie for a very long time. Maybe that's the key. Do a world's finest movie. Yeah. Do a Superman, Batman, where mm. you can show that two of the characters can link together and yeah. then pull the other ones in. Yeah, that, that, could, that, that could be great. You know? Um, one of the things that I, I was thinking, um, Earth 2, number mm. one, that we read, like the stuff that Batman does. Mm-hmm. In that, I mean, you want to talk about a Batman that can stand next to heroes like mm. that and yeah. still be useful. Yeah. He was awesome mm. in that book, climbing all over shit and, yeah. like, you know, jumping into portals and stuff. Like, mm. that, if you had the balls, yeah, you absolutely. could do it. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing, though. It, and, Steve, that's, like, the exact right word is they have to have the balls yeah. to, to be like a comic book. You hear that, DC? Grow some balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hire, hire Paul Dini. I'll be, that'd be great. Um, speaking of Paul Dini I mentioned this Bob off the air but Kevin Smith did an interview with Paul Dini on his Smodcast and it was fantastic and if you lo- if you love Batman the Animated Series if you love Harley Quinn yeah it's something to listen to because he created Harley Quinn yeah for a TV show and now yeah. she is a major part of the DC Universe at large and my dreams yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely something to check out um, Paul Dini would be great Paul Dini has been shepherding adaptations of comic books for now 20 years all different in tone. Yeah. And all consistent when he decides to put characters together. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. So, um, basically, DC grows some balls. Um, if anybody out there has any ideas who, what characters you'd like to see in a Justice League movie, um, who you'd like to see play those characters, let us know at Talking Comics. Um, we put out on Twitter uh, this week that we're doing this topic, and we got some responses back from people about, you know, what can DC do to catch up with Marvel? Mm-hmm. Um, we have... From this is a very interesting name. X Thalus T D Dragon X says <laughs> uh, try awesome. to create better characters and stories, which that would obviously yeah. be the bottom line. Um Thunderduck three sixty says, I think Batman will be a better movie and make tons of money, but the Avengers will be remembered because it was first. And he doesn't even care about Superman. Ooh. Um so I'm very interested to see I think Scott Snyder Superman is gonna be a very good litmus test about what's coming in the future because it's the beginning of something they can't the Nolan Batman movie is the end of something 
They've got to do something in that Superman movie that says, okay, we have a universe here, mm-hmm. you know? Um, uh, Mr. Parfit says they need to nail the script. Biggest fault with Green Lantern, Jonah Hex, and Constantine, etc., is they made little sense. Um, I'll disagree about Constantine. I actually really like that movie. I think it's a really good adaptation. But again, that's a very fringe DC yeah. character who is not really part of that bigger universe. I mean, he is now in the DC New 52, but in the past was really not. No. So, um, uh, Empty Headman says, everybody is talking about how badass Hawkeye was in the Avengers. Green Arrow is orders of magnitude cooler. Hashtag fact. <laughs> um, um, I am Giant Woman says, try respecting the fans rather than trying to make a fast buck. Ooh, some sass. And truth. Um, Brian Booch, Brian Buccellato, writer of The Flash says, Booch. put me in their movies. Guaranteed up, up, guaranteed to up ticket sales by at least six. At least. <laughs> um, we have a, Wasted Kitten says, hire a competent development team, hire a good director and writing staff. Marvel got lucky having talented staff working. Um, I agree with you. I wouldn't call it luck. I mean, those they hired those people to do those things. Um, and, and out of left field, John Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau. Why would any, except he's a comic book fan, why would you think he could pull off Iron Man? Yeah. Well, interviews told him they could. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Um, I mean, Joe Johnson made a lot of sense. Yeah, because perfect. Because Rocketeer and Joss Whedon, obviously. But, yeah. Um, Rick Kowalter says, go for a dark, serious route or fun action-adventure tone. Not both, i.e. Green Lantern. Yeah. Off an ill-beaten path. Act- and, oh, and an, 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 if-beaten, an off-beaten path actor-director. Yes. Um, Superbad Larry says, I think they need to make a smart film about one of their female characters. I nominate Batgirl. This movie needs to cross comic lines, so if it was a Batgirl movie, they, could, they would need to put someone like Black Canary too. Get their IP business in order so they can do future film with multiple characters from different lines. Um, and he says, I really, really like what they're doing with Young Justice, so I know they have it in them. Um, yeah. And, but again, DC's always been great at the animation part of it. You know, it just seems like they can't get the live action part of it in tow. Mm. But yes, I mean, we talked about Young Justice a couple times, but I've been watching it now regularly, and it's been fantastic. Um, yes. But again, Marvel is the same thing with there. I mean, you've been catching up with their Smiley's Heroes after you, after you kind of... It's hard to jump on that season two premiere. Yeah, I mean, my my what I said about it. I mean, it still stands that if you if you weren't watching this from episode one, you're not gonna really feel too at home within the show because right. there's even in the first episode, mm-hmm. there's like three or four branching major things going on characters that like. Mm-hmm. You have they. They don't really tell you mm-hmm. who some of these people are. Right. They mention them by name, mm-hmm. but they don't tell you. I mean, I know who they are because we're doing this. But right. you know. Um. But no, it's it. It is. You know. Um. I judged it a little prematurely because I, like I said, I come in at a bad yeah. time. But I picked up all four parts of the seasons from Best Buy. They're having a sale, and I mean, I I'm. It's all I've been watching. Right. <laughs> um. One thing I will say though. Um. Wasp, I I understand that she why she's in the show and she's funny and mm-hmm. she adds like a femininity to it. Her powers though, <laughs> what the, what is she gonna do? <laughs> like I, she has bio something powers, the stingers. That, yeah, you know stingers. Yeah, yeah, she shoots little teeny laser beams that like seem like they're just annoying. Have you gotten to like the the, the end of the season yet? 
No. Okay, there's just a lot of cool stuff in the She fought like year. a huge, like gloppy looking <laughs> monster. She was the only one mm-hmm. that was able to do anything to weaken it mm-hmm. because of the type of of uh ability that she has. And I was like, wow. Right. Like it only took nine episodes for them <laughs> for them to give her uh, mm-hmm. you know, a good fighting scene. Right. But she's adorable and her yeah. her character's a lot of fun. And it's her relationship with Hank is very important yes. to like the, the dynamics mm-hmm. of the Avengers. But um, so that's what we think about DC and how they can catch up with Marvel. Um, if you guys have any thoughts again at Talking Comics, let us know what you think. Um, so let's do this week's releases Ooh. on shelves right now. There's a lot of them. There are from Boom Studios. We have Adventure Time, yes, number four. We have Planet of the Apes, number fourteen. We yes. have Steed and Mrs. Peel, number five. Yes. We have um, Valen the Outcast, number six. Bah. From Dark bah. Horse. We have BPRD Hell on Earth, The Devil's Engine, number one. Um, we have Conan the Barbarian, number four. Conan. We have Reset, number two. More than meets the eye. <laughs> no, I don't think we have any of those. The, the Destroyer, The yeah. Sumerian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, DC Comics, we have Batwoman, number nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have Birds of Prey, number nine, which is the Night of the Owls crossover. Yeah. We have Maybe. Blue Beetle number nine. We have Captain Adam number nine. We have Catwoman number nine, Blah. which is also a Night of the Owls crossover. We have DC Universe Presents number nine. We have Green Lantern Core number nine. Hellblazer number 291. Justice League number nine. Legion of Superheroes number nine. Nightwing number nine, which is Night of the Owls. Um, you should read Nightwing. Nightwing's awesome. I for, you know what? I had a brain fart for a second. Now that I know who that is, I'm down. Okay. <laughs> um, Red Hood and the Outlaws, number nine, which is also Night of the Owls. <laughs> Saucer Country, number three. Yeah. Scalp, number 58. Um, Shade, number eight of 12. Supergirl, number nine. We'll yes. have to try that one. And Wonder Woman, number nine. Bleh. Um, <laughs> from Dynamite, we have Army of Darkness, number four. We have Ninjets, number four. Hi-ya. We have Nowhere Man, number three of four. We have The Shadow, number two. We have... Voltron. I'll do my shadow voice, but we'll leave it <laughs> next time. Voltron number five and Vampirella versus Dracula number four. Ooh, As she la. should be fighting, yeah. From IDW, um, we have Lock and Key Clockworks number six of six. Ooh. That's the only weekly book, monthly book they have coming out this week. Um, from Image, we have Activity number six. We mm. have Dancer number one. That looks cool. We have Danger Club number two. Darkness number 103. Glory number 26. Hardcore mm. number one. Hell Yeah, number three. Manhattan Projects, number three. Mondo, number two of three. Saga, number three. And Thief of Thieves, number four. Saga! Um, From Marvel Comics, we have Amazing Spider-Man, number 682, which I believe is the finale of Ends of the Earth. Sweet. Um, And of course, because they're Marvel, we have Amazing Spider-Man, Ends of the Earth, number one, which is the spinoff book from the last book, which is all those kind of minor heroes what they're doing during Ends of the Earth. Oh, cool. Um, Avengers number 26. We have Avengers Academy number 30. Yay. We have Avengers versus X-Men number 4. Yay. What'd you say? Fih. I I, I don't know who's writing this one. I wonder... It's Hickman. Oh, it's Hickman again? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um... Oh, it's Hickman for the first time. Sorry, the last week was Brubaker. Yeah. Last time was Brubaker. So we'll see. I still say Finn. Um, AVX versus number two. Cool. Daredevil uh. number 13. Yay. Um, Fantastic Four number 605.1. Retelling of the origin. Oh, really? Yay. So it's a good place to jump on. Point one yep. books are usually a very good place to jump on, and I'm sure if it's, when it's Hickman doing it, it's going to be a lot of fun. As a new reader to the Fantastic Four, let me tell you, from 600 on and probably before that is fantastic. It is. 
pun intended. It is fantastic. I, you, this is the second time that I didn't even realize that I'm just, I'm so great with puns. They just go right by me. Um, Fury Max, number two. Oof. We have Hulk Smash Avengers, number three. Yeah. Did you end up checking that out last week, Bob? Uh, two issues came out last week. One, I was going to buy. And then mm. two, we changed the artist. Oh, okay. No, sorry. Okay. On for Sal Busema, not so on for issue two, so set in the pile. I'll wait for a trade. Gotcha. Incredible Hulk number 7.1. Now, this is Jason Aaron, who writes Wolverine and the X-Men and oh, wrote word. round two. Um, and this is a good place probably to jump on. Okay. Great. Ones Another book I have to buy tomorrow. I'm definitely going to check it out because... Later. Uh, yeah, later. <laughs> Invincible <laughs> Iron Man number 517, which I also believe is in Star of a New Arc, and that's Matt Fraction writing that. Okay. No, so I can't. Was a good, uh, <laughs> I can't do it. John Carter, The Gods of Mars, number three of five. We have... Um, no, that's a second printing of New Avengers number 24 because we're not doing that again. New Mutants number 42. Um, we have Secret Service number two of seven, Thunderbolts number one seventy four, Uncanny X Men number twelve, sure. Venom number eighteen, Winter Soldier number five. There you go. And X Factor number two thirty six, and that is it. Oh, except for from Xenoscope, we have Grim Fairy Tales number seventy three. Hot. So there we go. That is your releases for this week. Um, which means I'm spending a whole buttload of money on a bunch of books. You and me both. This, I need this Night of the Owls thing to be over, because I it's too many books that I really kind of don't want to buy. Dude, you're getting Night of the Owls and AVX. Yeah, yeah, but AVX doesn't bother me as much because AVX I'm more selective with. I, don't, I haven't gotten like um, Avengers Academy or any of that stuff. Avengers I, Academy was cool this week. I well, liked it. Uh-oh. That's fine, but I'm not. I'm still gonna get. Um, but Night of the Owls because I love Scott Snyder so much. And I, I love the idea of the event so much. I've been buying everything from it because mm-hmm. I kind of just want to have it, you know. Um, and so I'll have to get these books. I mean, I'm excited about Nightwing because I love Nightwing, but Catwoman, um, Catwoman. Birds of Prey, and uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, I'm not really excited about at all. Yeah. But um, enough complaining. If I didn't want to buy them, I wouldn't buy them. So I'm not going to complain too much. So I just read them in the store and put them back. Well, that's <laughs> you're lucky, Bob. Okay. Um, so that's it for our show. We'll let Steve get back to. Diablo 3. Yes, it's taken way too fucking long. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, again, Twitter at Talking Comics. Info at TalkingComicBooks.com if you want to email us. TalkingComicBooks.com is the website. Um, Bob just did a story all about um, everything you need to know about Thanos. Mm-hmm. So it's a good thing. up. There should be a, a story about his top 10 Avengers stories are up. And um, we have Brian rejoin us. did a... Um, Avengers versus Dark Knight article, and he did a top ten superhero posters article. Um, and of course, Steve and I are writing reviews all the time. Um, most of the time. Most of the time. Um, it gets a little overwhelming. <laughs> we can. Yeah, write... there's only so many people doing this, so we can yeah. only crank out the hits. Yeah. You know, so much. <laughs> um, but also, I think if people haven't checked it out, especially with a new Catwoman coming out now, go back and read Steve's uh, column about. His thoughts on Catwoman. Yes. Um, super heroine or super slut. Exactly. So, uh, and Stephanie will be coming back to us. Yes, next week yeah, she will be, be back. Next week. Yes, she'll we miss her very, week. very much. We do. Yes, we do. Um, so and, and check our tweeting electronic-y things in case we have a guest next week. Oh, yes. We, we could have a very cool guest next week that Bob's setting up for us. Oh? Um, we'll, we can just say... Who, 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 Peter David. On. Peter David. for Peter David. Who I might be on. He's, you know, he's written... He created Spider-Man 2099. He's been... Uh, He's writing X Factor right now. Mm. Wrote the Hulk for twelve years. Oh, has written wow. basically every Marvel character right. imaginable. Not to mention novelist and yeah. all sorts of movies and yeah, very cool. writer of stuff as he yes. qualifies himself. <laughs> so we could be joined by a very special guest next week, and he actually will be here in studio if he's going to be on the show. So that will be 
fun times. All I'm right, have so to wear my two, big boy my, pants. my Wednesday best. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that is it for this week's talking comics for Steve Diablo Bob Aloha. I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. <laughs>